Welcome to the Career Happiness Podcast. My name is Soma Ghosh. I am the founder of a business called the Career Happiness Mentor. And within this podcast, we explore themes around career happiness, confidence, well-being, and so much more. Not only do I do one-to-one personalized episodes to really, really support you as a listener, but you will have the chance to listen to really, really amazing guests from all corners of not just world, but different industries. It's really, really important that you are not only happy in your career, but you make time to progress in a way that feels right for you. So if you want to have more energy in your career, change your career, find out more about how to potentially start a business or even help your teenager with careers advice, this is the podcast for you. Thanks so much. Hello everyone and in today's episode I'm going to be talking about career anxiety and the main purpose of this episode is around looking at three ways to cope with career anxiety. So anxiety is pretty topical um, right now. Um, There's a lot of articles online talking about anxiety in general in relation to career And one of the things that I personally find, guys, is that when I'm talking to clients or when I'm looking at career happiness overall, anxiety is a topic that has come up with a lot of my clients. But anxiety is something that all of us, to some extent, deal with. Some of us can cope with it. Some of us hide it. And then some of us um, are not very good at coping with it. And that's when it leads to stress or even depression. And I've spoken about that on previous episodes on the podcast when I've spoken about stress and burnout. Um, So I think it's very, very important. If you have an open mind linked to this, and please have an open mind, most of the people that listen to this podcast do, I want you to take some time before I get into this episode and tell you what, you know, kind of the nooks and crannies of the episode and the format of it, to just reflect and write down one time you were anxious recently within your career and that could be within the last year it doesn't have to be recently and was there a particular trigger that caused that anxiety and why and I'll give you an example to help you if it helps so for me um recently I was a little bit anxious about how I was going to transition back to work after my operation and The trigger around that was that um, the operation I had on paper is very simplistic and it's very rare to have complications, but I had a complication that that was not anticipated. So the trigger was me not being able to be in control of my own health, which is something that's happened to me before. So you will know what your specific triggers are. It could be a trigger like the fact that you are very timely and you need to know when certain things are happening on certain dates and certain times that could be part of your anxiety and that could be a trigger or another trigger could be for you is that you're currently looking for a new job and you're not hearing back from people and so you're feeling rejected and that and that trigger could be a sign of rejection in your past 
So by doing this and setting yourself up by doing this little exercise, you will understand a little bit more about career anxiety. And I'll be talking a bit more about that when we go to the solutions. But the format of the episode today is literally you know, anxiety and looking at why it's so prevalent. So we'll be looking at some stats, we'll be breaking it down a little bit more. And then I'm going to look at career anxiety and a kind of wider picture of why it's coming up so much and, and why are we so anxious. And also I'm going to be looking at solutions to help us move forward and sharing three ways to cope with this. Please note that this episode is an episode to help nurture you it's to help support you but it doesn't replace you going to speak to a counselor or therapist it is a careers advice and well-being podcast as I always like to say but it's also a podcast where I'm trying to inspire and motivate you so if you are really really struggling with your mental health if you have GAD if you suffer from anxiety get further support This, and this is the disclaimer, is no way going to replace that. And I want to be very, very clear on that. So firstly, why don't we look a little bit at anxiety and why it's so prevalent and look at some of the stats. But before I kind of do that, I I found a really, really good definition, guys, that I really liked and I want to share um, with you um, kind of a little bit more about that. And it's from NHS Inform and it kind of talks a little bit more about um, anxiety as a whole. And one of the things they actually say is they actually describe anxiety is a feeling of unease, such as worry or fear that can be mild or severe. Everyone has feelings of anxiety at some point in their life. For example, feeling worried and anxious about sitting an exam or a medical test, etc. I'm going to put the link to this in the show notes, so I'm not going to read the whole thing out to you but basically on this page what's really good is there's an intro there's symptoms there's a diagnosis there's treatment living with anxiety and help and self-help so there's a lot of that kind of practical information and if you are suffering from anxiety right now please go and talk to a doctor as I repeated it's so so important but I liked this website because it gives you the kind of nuts and bolts of anxiety and what it is. And there is also some really, really great information on um, mind. And it goes into some of the things which are not only linked to anxiety, but also panic attacks. Because when you're anxious and you're really, really worried and you're not coping very well, you may have a panic attack. And a panic attack is a little bit different But a panic attack can be linked to anxiety because it's usually when you can't breathe properly or you're having that fight or flight response that is so, like, overwhelming that in that moment you can't breathe. And I've had panic attacks before. Um, They're not very pleasant. I've even had a panic attack when I was on my own and I can't even remember um, it until a lot later, guys. And if you've had panic attacks before... I'm sure you guys have hopefully spoken to your doctor or somebody in order to cope with them. I've not had one for many years, but for full transparency, the reason why I'm sharing it with you is because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have that amount of stress and that feeling of fear um, in that moment. And it's very overwhelming and it's not very nice. Um, But a lot more people... I think, are talking about this. And the whole point of this episode is to kind of help people who are feeling anxious at work. So I'm going to get into some stats now 
to kind of um, share a little bit more about anxiety with you all. These stats are actually from the Mental Health Foundation. And um, it says here um, that in 2022-23, an average of 37.1% of women and 29% of men reported high levels of anxiety compared to data from 2012-2015. So I want to stop there for a minute because I'm not going to report all of the stats. That's going to be really, really overwhelming for this episode. And for those of you who have anxiety, that's going to be even more of a trigger point for you. And even more like, whoa, why is she sharing all these stats? The point of me kind of demonstrating some of the stats, and I'll put some more links for you to go and have a read of after you've listened to this episode, or even during if you want to pause, is to just set up a picture of how much things have changed. Because I'm seeing a lot of these patterns where more people are mentioning the word anxious. Uh, Shoma, I'm anxious. Shoma, I'm worried. Shoma, I'm fearful this is going to happen. Shoma, I'm not sure of my future. Shoma, this, you know. And the sentences are starting out with kind of career anxiety type scenarios. And I'll be delving into what career anxiety looks like in a minute. But let's firstly look at anxiety. If you look at the fact that it's jumped up, it indicates that already people are much more worried about things. And that could be because of financial pressures, that could be because of a career, that could be because of other things going on. And we'll look at that in a minute. But I do want to say that there has obviously been a change, and I've seen it myself as a careers advisor, and I see it online, and I see it in the literature that is being published in certain magazines to help people with anxiety and us talking around mental health. So it's important that we take a second to address that obviously something has changed and I'm going to take some time to maybe theorise and share some feelings and ideas around why. Before I get into some more kind of data and some other articles that I found, I do want to share with you some of my ideas around why I think we are so anxious. The first thing for me that pops up is our usage of our phones and social media. We <laughs> rely on technology so much. I'm sure for many of you guys who are listening to this who may have children or may, um, you know, have uh, maybe nieces or nephews or whatever situation you're in or even if you're living on your own, you could be using, um, you know, Alexas and Google devices in the home to help you switch your lights on, put your kettle on, etc. So in that way, we are already so tapped into technology in other means, even when we're not on our phone. Our phone is the issue. I'm recording this on the computer and I spend a lot of time on my computer. I do online shopping like many people, right? So our usage of using the computer has doubled. Add to that, if you are working from home, you're on the computer a lot. We now have streaming services when we're watching TV, if we watch telly. Most people don't even use their TV sometimes to stream things. They're watching things on their laptop. So I do think that the use of technology has almost caused us to form a certain amount of anxiety. And we're doing everything on technology, whether that's our phone, computer, another device like a tablet, etc., plus the electronic devices that we have in our house that are wired to Wi-Fi. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's one of the things that I've seen. And then if we put that into a career scenario, oh my God, like everything that we do 
you know, we're hardly using papers and pens. We're hardly doing anything that's not linked to technology. And we even are doing a lot of our meetings on Zoom and Skype, again, laptop, right? So I do think that for me is an idea that has come up a lot. Another reason why I think we are so anxious is because we are living in a time where the economy has had peaks and troughs and we are going through a global recession and a lot of people are going for a cost of living crisis and for families this is a time of upheaval and it's a time of, of stress and stress is one of the main reasons why I feel so many people are anxious and a lot of people are stressed for financial reasons care responsibilities and I always want to say care responsibilities are not just you know parents here we're talking about if you are caring for elderly relatives if you have a high mortgage, if you've recently bought a house and you've got a high mortgage rate, there's going to be a certain element of financial stress there. I've been hearing a lot of stories around um, people buying homes and offers falling through or things not panning out and them losing their dream home. And that can add to anxiety and stress and career overwhelm and all of the things. Now what I'm going to do is I found a couple of really, really interesting things that I just want to discuss with you here on the podcast this is a brilliant, um, brilliant, brilliant, actually, um, article that I found from Champion Health. And it goes through <laughs> some um, great anxiety statistics. And when I mean great anxiety statistics, I mean things that I think everyone should read. And right at the top, it said there's been an explosion of anxiety across Br Britain over the last decade. So as I said, I'm seeing it a lot with my clients. But I'm seeing it a lot because people are very, very worried and fearful in general. The pandemic has played into that. And post-pandemic, there's other things that have been going on. You know, there's been some world disasters and other things. And that's that's had an impact. I mean, even if you look at the news, the news is an anxiety inducer. I, I don't watch the news, guys. I don't know about you, but I do not watch it. I think it adds to our stress levels in a world that is already increasingly overwhelming. But if we think and have we look here, um, basically, they've got a really great infographic here that I quickly want to go through with you guys. And it basically break down, breaks down three areas, anxiety, stress and depression, mental health and well-being in 2023, anxiety, individuals experienced mild or at least, you know, symptoms of anxiety, 60 percent. Stress, individuals experiencing moderate to high levels of stress, 76 percent. Depression, 56%. Individuals experience at least mild symptoms of depression. So if you think about that, all of those stats are pretty high. 60% for anxiety, 76% for stress, and then 56% for depression. That's the lowest one because depression obviously needs to be clinically diagnosed. But I do want to say that so does you know, GAD, general anxiety disorder. And remember, we also have a set of anxiety disorders, which I'm going to quickly go through with you guys in a minute. I'm not going to go through it just yet. But the main factor here is stress, as I mentioned. Stress is a huge thing that's causing people to feel to, to feel anxious. And there are a few more things that they've bro broken down here. In any given week in England, six in 100 people will be diagnosed with generalised anxiety disorder. So GAD, as I've already mentioned. In the UK, over 8 million people are experiencing an anxiety disorder. 
And I'm going to go through some of those anxiety disorders with you now because you may be thinking, what is an anxiety disorder? But I studied these in psychology. So for me, when I say anxiety disorder, it means a specific condition. And I don't like to use labels, but, you know, these things exist. Um, that is generalised as an anxiety disorder by a clinician, by a psychiatrist or by a psychologist. I'm going to quickly go over those with you. So, guys, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten anxiety disorders on the DSM IVR, which is basically the mental health um, classifications axis. And I'm not going to go through that with you all, guys, because you might be thinking, what the heck is wrong am I talking about? But there is a more simplistic version of this on the MIND website that I'm going to share with you. But basically, panic disorders, anxiety disorders are panic disorders without or with agoraphobia. Agoraphobia, specific phobias, social phobias, social anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, acute stress disorder, generalised anxiety disorder, as we've already covered, anxiety disorder due to a general medical condition, substance-induced anxiety disorder. So... That's quite a lot there. There's about 10 there. And um, the mind link simplifies that. But I wanted to go through that with you guys because I think there is a lot of stuff around this and I don't want to overwhelm you either. And on the mind website, they also actually have a bit more kind of information around health, anxiety disorder, body dysmorphia and perinatal, perinatal anxiety or perinatal OCD, um, because the axis in general, um, if you want to know more about what that is, I'll put also some information in the show notes for you guys, but the axis also changes every so often as well, and that's the axis that I have in my book, the Abnormal Psychology book that I've still kept, because mental health comes up a lot with the career counselling that I do, so I always keep it kind of with me on my bookshelf. But there are anxiety disorders as well, guys. And I think when people think of anxiety, they just think of it as, you know, just general anxiety. But this is why you also need to educate yourself around mental health. It's very, very, very important. And this stack here is quite shocking, actually. Less than 50% of people with generalised anxiety disorder access treatment. So there are a lot of people not seeking help. And part of me doing this episode isn't to tackle that, but it is to tackle the fact that we are living in a time where a lot of us are feeling anxious and we may not necessarily be doing anything about that. So if this episode at least helps, you know, a few people who might not be going to see their doctor or therapist, I hope it does, but please don't use it as a replacement when I get to the three ways to cope with it because I think People are so consumed with, oh, I don't have time. Oh, it's not important. They are not thinking about the consequences long term because the consequences of you not looking after your mental health actually has an effect on your heart. I found another article linked to that. And it can also be the other way around where if your heart isn't good, you can get anxiety, etc. There's lots of evidence to suggest these kind of things. So don't ignore if you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed or anxious. That's what I want to say. I now kind of want to take some time to kind of look about, look at career anxiety and, you know, 
why are we so anxious in our career? Like, like what is actually going on? Oh, this is a big topic and a big question. And I'm going to try my best to not go on a tangent here, guys, because that's not the aim of this episode. The aim of this episode is to just kind of support and hold your hand through the process of this. I've mentioned some of the factors already. Money. Career stability is the second one, I would say. The third one is a lot of people feel pressure at work and they're not talking to their managers. The fourth reason could be another reason why we're feeling so anxious is that a lot of us want to move into a new job and there is a lot of competition for (laughs) jobs right now. And so when people are applying... um, you know, a lot of imposter syndrome comes up. But not just that, a lot of things happen where people don't feel as though they um, have enough, you know, qualifications or experience and they stop themselves from applying for new jobs. So you've got that as another factor. The other thing is, is that when we look at places like LinkedIn, for example, as amazing as LinkedIn as a tool is, I'm on there every day, guys, I've heard clients and people say to me, Shoma, I can't stand LinkedIn. And then I say to them, what do you mean you can't stand it? Explain it to me. Firstly, they say to me that when they're on there, they feel enormous amounts of pressure to have a shiny, bright profile. And they're looking at their colleagues in their company or other companies they've worked for, and they just don't feel they are good enough. And, you know, the fact that they're not getting headhunted and they're having to try so hard and that for them is causing them huge amounts of career anxiety because like, you know, this person is become senior manager or even, you know, head and I'm still middle management. And you also have that element too, guys, that's causing the career anxiety And then we've got the other factor of working from home. I'm going to say it again, guys. I'm going to say it again. If you are doing everything from home, you have a family, you're married, and you still don't have a family, you still got responsibilities, right? And if, as I said, you've got parents or you've got relatives that need your tender loving care, you know, you're their carer. You could even be a carer to a sibling if, you know, your mum and dad aren't around anymore. And that is also going to be a huge responsibility for you. So there are numerous reasons why we are all career anxious as well, because if also you're not advancing in your career and you've got a huge mortgage or you've got lots of debts, like huge student debt, that's also going to be a huge amount of career anxiety for you. And the other reason the other reason why I think we're also going through this kind of period is I'm still hearing stories from people being bullied at work or being in very pressurized, toxic toxic environments and that's also adding to the anxiety because you're thinking oops I can't take my finger off the pulse here because if I screw up at work that's it I'm going to lose my job and I can't lose my job because I've got to pay a mortgage and I can't lose my job because we're going through everyone's going through a huge you know in the economy there's a huge economic crisis etc etc I have also um, found some articles that I think would be interesting for you to go and read around this further. But for the next part of the episode, I'm going to be looking at the three ways that you can cope.
I have actually put some articles for you guys to go and have a read of. I'm not going to go through those articles because I think I've gone through kind of quite a lot of stats and stuff. But career anxiety is generally us feeling very overwhelmed with maybe our career progression or not feeling like we can get out of a situation or just being fearful. And redundancy can also play into that as well, guys. I forgot to mention that redundancy is a huge factor with career anxiety because you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know if you're going to have a job. You don't know if you've, you know, you're going to get any money from your redundancy. You don't know how the organisation is going to restructure and if you're going to stay, if you want to leave, etc. So that also has a huge, huge thing. And because so many people have been losing their jobs suddenly, that's also making people feel very insecure about their future and then if we factor into that some people are actually considering career change on the side then people are worrying okay if my money's not coming in how can I pay for that course so lots of factors going on there guys so how can you cope what are kind of some of the things that you can do to cope with career anxiety and I know and I'm fully aware this is a big topic guys so my aim is to just support as much as possible but also for you to brainstorm as well and write down anything that comes up for you because I want you to be practical depending on what your situation is because I've given loads of scenarios but your situation is going to be unique to you. So the first way to cope, I think, and I think this is very, very, very important for you to think about is to look at where you are right now in your current situation and assess. So if we take the example of, let's say, money because that is a huge 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 stressor for people and one of the things that is like really causing a lot of people to feel stressed right now if you are someone listening to this and you really cannot stand your job and you know that you need to find another one and you're having to cope with the current one but the current one a isn't satisfying you and b is causing you anxiety because your boss just doesn't respect you and you are living on your own and you're renting a place and you know that your options are limited what can you do to ease up some of that career anxiety the first thing I'm going to say is to have some kind of a plan and what I mean by that is before you start applying for jobs aimlessly (laughs) and looking at what you can do in inverted commas I'm going to put think about having a plan first and when I mean a plan I mean something that is going to be strategic for your future if you know that the only jobs that you can do right now are middle management think about how long you've been working within that field and if you want to have more kind of um, not just autonomy but more kind of responsibility in a role and you know you're capable of that and you want that then start applying for those type of jobs. However, if you know that your career anxiety is overwhelming you, that may not be a good idea. And I'm giving the two case scenario here because I've had clients who want that responsibility and and actually feel that they're going to financially be a lot more independent if they have more money. And so for them, that's great. But for the others who, who, you know, who who mentally are not in that right place and maybe actually also having other mental health issues, they say to me, no, no, so much. I just want a job which is going to tie me over for a bit. So I'm actually going to do contracting for a while, freelance work. So can you just help me think about some of the steps of what I can do to actually do that by a step by step process? 
So then we sit down and we actually look at things that they can do to start looking at temporary jobs for a short while so they've got that money coming in um, and that they don't feel that overwhelming responsibility so that you know, the money is still paying their bills but also they themselves are not doing a job that's going to give them so much responsibility they're just going to feel overwhelmed and they're just not going to be able to cope you know, mentally. So you've got that as well. So if we think about the first way, the first way is having a plan. So write down what you're planning to do next. And I think this is a really, really important way of coping with career anxiety because a lot of the time we are so busy being in the moment, we are so busy doing our nine to five or doing our job, whatever kind of job or career you have, that you're not looking at not necessarily all the solutions, but you're not looking at simplifying where you are right now. So think about the plan that you're going to create for yourself. And it doesn't have to be a plan. And I've said this on the podcast before. It doesn't have to be this solid plan, but it has to be a plan of doing something strategically. If that means also, you know, talking to your manager or having a conversation and saying that actually I'm feeling really, really anxious about the redundancy seeing if your employer can provide you with some kind of support, whether that's counselling, whether that's something else, something solid to help you cope with the situation right now. So firstly, think about having a plan. Secondly, in terms of coping with the career anxiety, I do think it's very, very important for you to think about understanding what your triggers are. I mentioned it at the beginning and, you know, I got you to do a small exercise at the beginning, but I'm going to come back to it now. If you've written down a couple of things that, you know, trigger you, write down why. And anxiety, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that anxiety can be linked to our childhood. So what I want you to do here as well right now in this moment, pause and write down some of the things in your childhood, maybe that might have caused you to have anxiety. If this isn't you, if there hasn't been anything that's happened to you that's caused you anxiety in your childhood, Think about right now in this moment what's happened. Has somebody died in your family? Have you gone through a huge financial upheaval? Maybe you've lost a lot of money somewhere or maybe you're going through a divorce or maybe something else and that has caused you to be anxious. And so that has actually linked your career or within your organisation. There's been a bit of a scandal that's happened and something bad has happened within your company. And regardless of whether or not there's a restructure, there's upheaval in terms of within management. So that has put pressure on you to up your game at work. So I would say with the second way in terms of coping, make sure that you understand what your triggers are and what causes the triggers. Then in terms of coping here, what can you do? I want you to then have a list of things that are going to help you with your anxiety. We've spoken about anxiety a lot on this podcast. Um, when I um, spoke to Christina in season one and I interviewed her and Christina is a psychologist, we went through some of the things that cause anxiety. So you can go back and revisit that episode. But also when we spoke to Deepa Sapra, the yoga teacher, my yoga teacher, we looked a lot at having solutions for coping with anxiety and yoga is a really, really great way of coping with anxiety. I've mentioned it before on the podcast that it helps me. But yoga may not be for you. So you need to write down a list of things that can help. For some people, going on walks. You know, I love going on walks. It helps. 
For some people, doing HIIT exercise, you know, can really, really like pump them up in the morning and help them feel great um, and can ease their anxiety. So um, exercise, any form of exercise that helps you, taking your dog for a walk, if you've got a dog, making sure that you are doing a fun activity with your child. So if that means that you guys are going like rock climbing or, you know, going swimming every day, every kind of week, a fun activity with your kids if you've got kids or a fun activity for yourself. What do you enjoy doing? What relaxes you? Think of all those things and start brainstorming. But the third way I would say is write down a list of things that stop you from feeling anxious. Even if that means watching a funny movie or talking to a friend, do a anxiety-free list and write it down. Write them down. And even if there's loads and loads on there, you don't have to do every single one. But just think of all the things that really, really help you. I will also put some other links to really, really help you guys to think about, you know, ways that you can cope with your career anxiety. But the other thing that I want to say, the last thing, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, just a kind of bonus tip in a way, is for you to really, really, really think about writing down your thoughts. And if that means that you are, you know, short on time, oh, Shama, I haven't got a pen to paper, oh, Shama, you know, I don't have a journal, I don't have a notebook, I would say that there's twofold to this. If you have a small notebook by your desk, if just jot down the basics of what comes up for you every day that is causing you to feel stressed or worried. Just jot it down, right? If you are more of a, a, a phone person or you prefer your phone or computer, then just jot down some of the basics that come up on a note app or something. Something that's just going to help you in the moment so that when you are stressed, you remember why you're stressed. It could even be that you're really, really stressed because you're having to travel a lot for work and that's having an impact on you. And that's causing you to be anxious because you've been in t- different time zones. One day you're in America, another day you're in New Zealand and the next day you're back in London again. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this in, in a scenario where you're from London. Or because I know that a lot of people around the world listen to the podcast. But I'm giving that as an example because I think a lot of people who travel for work, that also really, really impacts on their overall well-being and it causes them to feel stressed and it causes them to feel anxious. But with those tips in terms of the coping, what I would really, really say is when you're thinking about the plan, customise it to you. And if you struggle with the plan, what I would say is in terms of how to cope, is to just think about having a system and having a way for yourself where you understand. And then, as I said about the triggers, I'm just recapping here quickly just for you guys to just remember what the three ways are when you're thinking about the triggers just think about the things that cause you to go into that anxious mode so for me one of my triggers is is that when I'm not being listened to I become very very anxious and then in that moment I might you know be a bit jittery and a bit panicked and you know feel that sense of overwhelming you know like I don't know what's happening and I'm not in control kind of thing because that's what anxiety is sometimes so think about those triggers and have an awareness of those triggers because when you have that self-awareness it's going to help you in the workplace as well and if your manager or your work colleagues are aware of some of your triggers as well then you can go and talk to them you can say oh I'm not sure about this because of this or because of that and the last one that I said the anxiety help list 
what I'm going to say around that one as well is make sure that you also then use that list when you don't have access to additional help. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. If in any way you are not coping with your stress levels or anxiety, go talk to your GP or go and get a CBD referral or hire a private counsellor on um, the counselling directory. And I'll put the link in the show notes for you to go and have a look at. But just make sure whatever decision you're making around that, you're doing it for your well-being and you're doing it so that you have that additional support in place. I think the main problem is, is that one of the reasons why I think a lot of people don't want to admit they're anxious is because we all have to wear these badges of honour of, oh, I'm a superwoman, oh, I'm a superman. I know some men listen to this podcast, hence me saying both. Um, and, you know, we just have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders and, you know, it'll be all right, it'll be okay, it's cool. But we don't need to do that. There's a lot of support out there. If you're listening to this podcast already, you already want to change something about where you're going next. And I just hope that you're not doing it on your own because the worst thing is, is when we try to do everything on our own. And that is not helpful. So whatever you do next, if you know you need support, if you know you need help, ask for it. And if that involves even reaching out to me and thinking about working with me, um, I will be reopening spaces for um, uh, my program uh, in June. So I will put all the details for that in the show notes. Go and have a look. But if you know you need to go and talk to a counsellor, go and talk to one or your GP. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope it's really, really made you think a little bit deeper and clearer about career anxiety and as I said I'm going to be putting some more links for you to go and read and have a look at in terms of coping with career anxiety as well thanks so much for listening thank you so much for listening to the career happiness podcast if you enjoyed this episode please share it on social media or with somebody you know it will make a significant difference to and remember if you haven't already please take some time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much.